Football is back. This week we'll be breaking down some Saints roster moves just ahead of the start of this season, plus previewing Saints Packers and the rest of week one. Stay tuned for episode 45 of the Going Going Gooner podcast. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to, to the, the Going Going Gooner podcast. Apologizing for nothing today. Uh, the plain and simple truth is that we suck. So clearly, Alvin listened to the episode. No, he did. I have no doubt. What makes you think more instability is what this club needs right now? Most likely, will make one of the best Netflix documentaries since Firefest. The Going Going Gooner podcast is brought to you by your party station Z eighty nine. Hello and welcome back. I am your host, Arjun, and usually I would have my co-host Kyle with me, but he is unavailable this week, so it's going to be just me to start out this football season. Now, it's been a long time since we did a Saints episode. The last time we uploaded one was on July 28th, our Saints season preview with Chris Rosvoglu of The Spun. Go check that episode out. It's a great one, but a lot of things have changed since then. In that time since we recorded, the 53-man roster has been finalized The QB battle has been decided, and there have been some surprise moves in New Orleans. So, since the last time we recorded, the Saints signed back Quan Alexander, which is huge for linebacker depth. Kyle and I were both huge fans of Quan when he played before his Achilles tear, and it's honestly impressive that he's even ready for week one after an injury of that magnitude. Uh, Surprising moves at the running back position. Less surprising, Devontae Freeman was signed and cut since we last recorded. But just yesterday, Latavius Murray was released after not taking a pay cut. So that's really unfortunate. Latavius is a guy we love on the show. He had a career year last year. He's a Central New York native. Both have ties to the Syracuse area. So it's going to be tough to see Latavius go. He was really good last year backing up Alvin Kamara and even taking the the starting role when Kamara got hurt. Uh, But... This is due to the rise of Tony Jones Jr. Sean Payton has talked about Tony Jones Jr. throughout the preseason, throughout training camp. A guy that he's really been impressed with, Tony Jones Jr. He's a 23-year-old running back in his second year out of Notre Dame. He was on the Saints practice squad almost all of last year after going undrafted. He was called up to um, the main roster after a few running back injuries at the tail end of last year. But now he's impressed during camp and preseason. He had a really, really good performance against Baltimore in in week one of the preseason. So he's going to be Kamara's backup right now. Running back three is Dwayne Washington. But that's a move I don't think a lot of us saw coming at the start of this training camp. Latavius Murray not making the roster at all. Or he made the 53-man but was cut after the 53-man was fully announced. And in the secondary a place where Kyle and I, as well as Chris, talked about that it's always a question mark for New Orleans. And uh, this year is no different. Um, But the Saints have made some really interesting moves in recent times regarding the secondary. Veteran Desmond Trufant was signed yesterday, a name that you may recognize from his seven years with Atlanta. He adds depth and experience. He's not going to be a starter by any means, but he is someone that the Saints can maybe rely on in um, in the locker room, bringing that experience. A guy that was also in camp was Prince of Mucamara. He was cut after only a few days with the team. Uh, names like that, that the Saints have looked at this, this offseason to bolster up the depth in that secondary. But another surprising move this morning on 
September 8th, this is being recorded. This morning, veteran Bradley Roby was uh, traded for from Houston. The terms are still being discussed, but Roby is probably going to be the second cornerback on this team. He's suspended for week one, but after that, he's probably the second the second cornerback on this team. Uh, the PFF rankings would have had Bradley Roby as the second best Saints cornerback last year. Malcolm Jenkins was the second highest rated at about 67, I believe, and Bradley Roby was at 71. So this is a great addition for a, a, a secondary that needs depth, but also needs someone alongside Marshawn Lattimore, and Roby really could be that guy. It's it's our hope that he performs, of course. For week one against the Packers, Ken Crawley would have been cornerback two, but he's currently the only player on the injury report for New Orleans. He did not participate in practice today, Wednesday, September 8th, with a hamstring injury. But good news is, from that injury report, that Peyton Turner, Traquan Smith, and Adam Troutman are all available for week one. Guys that picked up injuries uh, during offseason that maybe were question marks for week one. Troutman picked up an injury against the Jaguars in the second preseason game New Orleans played. But all those guys available for week one. So it's huge that you know our young guys are involved, especially Traquan Smith, who will be so important for that wide receiver core, missing Michael Thomas for probably about six weeks. So that's huge. Um, going back to preseason, the Saints played only two preseason games. The first one was against Baltimore in Baltimore, and the second one was against Jacksonville in New Orleans. The Saints lost that first one 17-14, but you know the scoreline doesn't really paint the whole picture. The Saints had six turnovers in that game. So not a super impressive performance, especially from the quarterbacks, who each had a few pretty bad turnovers. But Tony Jones Jr., he was the guy that impressed in that in that performance against Baltimore, picked up 82 yards and a touchdown. So I think that was when a lot of Saints fans started looking at it and saying, Tony Jones could be the guy, could be the RB2. Um, again, tough that Latavius Murray was the sacrifice in that situation, but Tony Jones, a young guy, 23 years old, can offer some pop uh, behind Alvin Kamara. So again, we'll see. we'll have to see how that goes. The second game against Jacksonville, the Saints won 23-21, and I think that was the game that won Jameis Winston the quarterback job. Jameis had a great performance, a couple really, really good throws in that first quarter, and he played a bit more, I think, in the second quarter as well, but that was when Jameis won the job Um, for an outside viewer, I guess. Maybe Sean Payton had made up his mind earlier than that, but that was when we really saw what Jameis can do now. Um, speaking of the great throws that Jameis made, they were two, a guy that has impressed since last season, Marquez Calloway, a guy that I said would be the Saints breakout player this season. He's been fantastic all throughout preseason. He is pretty much the wide receiver one at this point, and he will step into that role and hopefully perform starting from week one because no Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is a top three, top five wide receiver in the NFL when healthy. And Callaway has to step into those shoes because this wide receiver core is lacking without Michael Thomas. And we said it last year as well. On the defensive end, the linebacker core really impressed in preseason, especially a guy like Zach Bond. Zach Bond out of Wisconsin, drafted, I believe, two years ago, now is making that next step to hopefully play alongside Demario Davis. Pete Werner, 
may go into that Zach Bond role, play special teams for a year or two, and then get into the linebacker core because they've got we've got a deep linebacker core with Demario Davis, obviously one of the most underrated players in the NFL, a great linebacker. Alongside him, he's got Quan Alexander, he's got Zach Bond, and Pete Werner can even get in there for some snaps as well. So that linebacker core is something to watch because I think it is a lot stronger than people think it is. So that'll wrap up preseason talk for New Orleans. But, um, pardon me, we'll go back. The Saints did not play the third preseason game uh, because of Hurricane Ida. It was set to be played the day it made landfall. Um, it was called off, and this team evacuated to Dallas. More on that later. Now, going into week one of the NFL, it starts tomorrow, today, for the, for the listeners. On Thursday, September 9th, the NFL is finally back. The first game is Cowboys-Buccaneers. And, you know, the reigning Super Bowl champions, Buccaneers, taking on the biggest franchise in, in, in the United States, in, in the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I think it's clear who is going to win this game, but it's going to be difficult to, to, sort, of, to sort of reckon with how good this Bucks team is this year. The, the Bucks are actually uh, projected, they, they have the highest point spread, so meaning they, they are pr- projected by the most, by the odds makers, to win this game. The Bucks are uh, minus 7.5, and the Niners are minus 7.5 against the Lions. So the, the Cowboys lost Zach Martin this week to a COVID issue, I believe, and that's going to be big for them because that offensive line is really anchored by a guy like Zach Martin, maybe the best guard in the league. But that Cowboys offense is, is great, and, and it's something that we'll have to watch through this whole season. Dak Prescott is back. Ezekiel Elliott may get back into form, and that wide receiver core is really, really strong. Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb. They have weapons, the Cowboys do, but the Buccaneers are so good all over the field. Every single position, that Bucks team is set. And and they're not the Super Bowl favorites. They're second behind the Chiefs, but the Bucks are going to be a team to watch, obviously. I, I'm going to take the Bucks in that one. But there are some incredible matchups this week. Uh, the Steelers and the Buck and uh, the Steelers at Buffalo. The Jets at Carolina, Sam Darnold playing his former team. The Cardinals and the Titans, two teams that sort of fly under the radar a little bit but could have strong years. The Chargers against Washington. The Chargers with Justin Herbert. Washington with that stellar defense who could carry them to the playoffs again this year. The Seahawks and the Colts. Carson Wentz will play week one, which is remarkable that they said he may miss a wide range of, of weeks, 5 to 12, but he is recovered. He will play in week one against Seattle. So the Colts catch a break there because their their quarterback situation was not looking great until Carson Wentz was announced healthy today. The Dolphins and the Patriots, a divisional battle. The new-look Patriots with Mac Jones as the starting quarterback. The Patriots obviously cut Cam Newton. So Mac Jones, they're, they're trusting in him from day one, which is something that doesn't surprise me with uh, with Bill Belichick at the helm. I think Mac Jones is going to thrive under Belichick. And the Dolphins are, are are a team on the rise as well. We'll have to see how Tua performs this year. One of the best one of the best matchups this week, Cleveland and Kansas City, the Browns obviously a team on the up, the Chiefs obviously one of the best teams in the entire league. 
and the Browns and the Chiefs faced off last year in the playoffs. The Chiefs came out on top. This is a rematch of that game. Packers Saints, obviously America's game of the week on Fox, and the primetime games on Sunday and Monday. The Bears will head to Los Angeles to face the Rams, and the Ravens will head to Las Vegas to play the Raiders. So some really, really interesting, fun matchups this week. I will we'll do a lock and an upset. I've got the bill, the Bills at. Um, I'm going to take the Bills in a lock against the Steelers. I think that Bills team is really strong. In Buffalo, you're not going to you're not going to beat them. It's huge uh, for Buffalo that they're playing at home. An upset. This is a tough one to call. Looking at the lines, Denver is projected. Um, Denver is minus three against New York. They are favored against the Giants. But looking at upsets, New England is favored 2.5 over the Dolphins. I absolutely would not be surprised if the Dolphins won that game. But in terms of a big upset, I don't see one happening this week. I think the Dolphins and the Patriots could be the most likely. Obviously, the, the tightest line, the tightest spread is the Chargers are minus one against the football team, and Washington could easily take that game. It's going to be very close. So the lock for this week, I'm going to take this, the Bills over the Steelers, and the upset, I'm going to take the Dolphins over the Patriots. Kyle has given me his lock. He thinks the Rams are going to destroy the Bears on Sunday Night Football. And his upset, he thinks the Raiders are going to smash the Ravens on Monday Night Football. The Ravens obviously favored by, are favored by four and a half points in this one. So week one is going to be a barn burner, 16 games simultaneously, all in one weekend. I'm super excited. Week one is always so interesting to see how the new quarterbacks adjust, the new game plans. You know, the fans are, are, are fully back, so that's going to be a great storyline for week one. Now we'll dive into Saints-Packers. This game is being played in Jacksonville due to impacts from Hurricane Ida. The Saints have been practicing in Dallas due to widespread power outages in Louisiana. No damage has been reported to the practice facility or to the Dome, but the team still doesn't know when they'll be back. The situation down there has been tough. We hope everybody is managing okay. The power outages, we've been seeing from Saints reporters that a lot of them had to evacuate to Dallas or, or elsewhere, but the power outages are still affecting a lot of people in New Orleans, and obviously Hurricane Ida affected uh, a large swath of people in New York and New Jersey as well. So we hope everybody is okay from that. But this weekend, this game will be played in Jacksonville. The Packers are, are a really interesting matchup for week one because the Packers are favored by four points. But the, this Packers team is just better on paper. The Saints are undoubtedly banged up in really key spots like wide receiver and missing Michael Thomas. The secondary will be a little depleted this week because Bradley Roby is suspended for week one and Ken Crawley is on the injury report. We'll see if Ken Crawley plays cornerback two and we'll see who takes cornerback two. I'm guessing it'll be Paulson Adebo to take that spot if the Saints end up missing Ken Crawley. But the issue is when your secondary is banged up, you're playing against Aaron Rodgers and you're playing against Devontae Adams. You're playing against Robert Tanyan. Um, I mean, names that performed incredibly well last year, and Aaron Rodgers is obviously one of the best quarterbacks to ever do it. So the Saints, Saints secondary, while they're improved, they may take time to gel. Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. I think this game will be all down to the defense. I think this defense is really strong, a lot stronger than people give it credit for. 
Again, I've said the linebacker core is going to be really strong. The defensive line won't be at its best until Onyemata is back, and the cornerback the cornerback position won't be at its best until Crawley and Roby are back. But when this defense is when it gets fully healthy, when it gets fully unsuspended, if you want to say it like that, it's going to be a strong defense for sure. The Packers are still one of the best teams in the NFC. I'm going into this one knowing we can definitely pull out a win, especially with the emotions riding high from Hurricane Ida. This game will be in Jacksonville, so uh, you know a lot of Saints fans may make the trip, but Packers fans travel extremely well too. I'm really interested to see if Jameis plays with confidence. I'm expecting Sean Payton to center the offense around Kamara. We're going to see a little bit of Tony Jones Jr., but I think Alvin Kamara will get a a huge portion of the touches, which I'm expecting that, but I won't be surprised if it won't happen. I think it's entirely possible that Sean Payton could toss Jameis into the deep end and have him throw the football downfield a lot, draw up those plays, test Jair Alexander on Marquez Calloway. But, you know, Jameis, I think he's ready for it. He is, you know, he is a quarterback who is capable. You know, the 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns will ignore the 30 interceptions because I think he's past that. I think he's a better decision maker. I think he is a, a raw, raw talent that if he's honed, he could be really, really good. And this team knows that. They're not babying him. Um, so we'll, he, he's looked confident when he's played in preseason. Um, a couple turnovers against, uh, against Baltimore in week one of preseason. But I think Jameis is going to go into this one really, really excited to show what he can do. And, and Saints fans know what he can do because they, we, we've taken a gamble on him and, and it, it very much could work. On the flip side, uh, Taysom Hill obviously not winning that quarterback competition, not really surprising to a lot of Saints fans because we need him in that offense playing that gadget role because, you know, Sean Payton needs that kind of player to, to, really, to really put questions in the mind of a defensive coordinator as, as what you're supposed to do about a guy like Taysom Hill, who's so versatile, so strong in so many positions. I, I, I'm not sure how much Taysom will embrace the role this year because he, he's going to do what the team tells him to do. But regardless of that, he wants to be a quarterback, but I don't think he can be a quarterback anywhere else except for New Orleans. So it's going to be, a, it's a tough situation for Taysom, a guy we like a lot obviously, because of, of how he's contributed to this team. But Jameis is just the better quarterback, so I'm happy he won the quarterback battle. And Taysom, uh, he's been taking reps with the tight end group. That's that's really important for him to sort of get acquainted back to his role that he needs to fill. So we'll see how Taysom is used this week. We'll see how Marquez Callaway is used this week. Tony Jones Jr. and Kamara, I'm interested to see that dynamic. Uh, I want to see a lot of Adam Troutman. And, and Deontay Harris, we've said that it would be nice if he gets uh, a bit of a higher role in the offense outside of returning. Um, so we'll see how Harris plays as well. So into a prediction, I've got the Packers winning a close one. I think it'll be 31-26. Kyle has the Packers winning 34-28. to It's going to be a tight one. There's absolutely no way. There, there definitely is a situation where the Saints get blown out. But I think if that happens, it'll be attributed to a really poor defensive performance because I think this offense can can cause some damage. Uh, I think people are sleeping on a lot of this, a lot of the potential of this offense, especially with Sean Payton still calling plays. 
he's one of the best play callers in the NFL, one of the most gifted play callers in the NFL. I think this offense is strong. The defense is still a question mark with the defensive line missing on Yamato, with the secondary obviously missing Roby and maybe Crawley. Uh, if if the Saints lose, it'll be due to Aaron Rodgers exploiting the weaknesses of that secondary. And again, this game does not make or break our season. It shows what we can do with some key injuries and a depleted secondary until probably just week two. So Michael Thomas, again, out until probably around week six. So we won't be full strength until, until then. And, you know, most likely we'll have some more injuries pile up throughout the season, as it always does. But, you know, the Saints-Packers week one game, super tough for the Saints to, to draw the Packers in a week one game because the Packers, again, are one of the best teams in the NFC and the NFL. So super excited for that one. Extremely excited to be back talking football every single week again because the the sports season is now fully underway with the NFL being back. So thank you guys for listening to this episode. Kyle will be hopefully back next week. I've had a pleasure talking to you guys one-on-one, and have a great week, and have a great week one of the NFL season.